Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs, startups, and side hustlers share their startup stories. Rising Tide helps you break free from the Monday blues and launch your own startup. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. Thank you, Lucy, for another beautiful introduction. And this is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups. And my special guest today is Louise Watts. Louise, thank you for joining us from the other side of the globe. My pleasure, Kevin. Really great to, to be with you. And particularly in this time, you know, it's great to be connected. Can you share just a little bit with our listeners, a little bit of your background, a little your bio? I'd love to. Yeah. So um, my background is a little um, creative and a little perhaps unusual compared to most people today working in the corporate world. Um, so from a young age, I was a, a kid that grew up you know, doing ballet classes and, and dancing of all sorts of, of um, styles. And I grew up in the country of New South Wales in Australia, on the eastern side of Australia. Uh, and, you know, as a country kid, you tended to do one thing or the other, either sport or something artistic. So I was down the artistic path. Um, and then when I came to, you know, a teenage years, I think I, I say to people, I either escaped my country town by deciding to move to Sydney and do full-time ballet, or it was truly my passion, but one way or the other it connected. And so I became a classical ballet dancer. Um, in fact, unusually an employed classical ballet dancer um, at the age of 18 after two years of full-time ballet. So that was almost the last two years of my schooling. Um, so yes, worked professionally as a ballet dancer and then you know, mid-20s decided why wouldn't I take everything I've learned from the stage and from creating presence and communicating in a nonverbal way into organisations where people perhaps hadn't focused so much on delivery and uh, presence and impact as much as they have on content. And then, you know, let's marry those two up. So I created a company called High Performance Coaching. Um, that was by then the early 2000s. And we quite quickly found ourselves working globally. So uh, doing that by scaling our work literally around the world. I say that was such a sort of a surprise in my voice because uh, in 2005, we were asked to sort of find a way to engage with 17 countries in Asia, um, developing people's ability to present better. And so the only way we could do that was to create a really interesting sort of train the trainer leadership model and uh, that gave us the chance to literally scale our work across Asia and then that was picked up very quickly globally by some organizations so you know we would take our coaches to all parts of the world train people to deliver our programs and here we are today which is again another transition but we'll perhaps talk about that more in a moment. Well, I'd love to drill down a little more because it's, it's interesting as you were sharing your story and uh, I, I could share my story and it wouldn't have these massive leaps that you, well, I was a professional ballet dancer, then I suddenly became a world-renowned leadership coach and I, you, you, you did it with such, you know, understated, you know, <laughs> this, uh, this understated humility. So tell me, let's, let's walk through the transition, like from, it's, it's, that's a pretty, substantial leap to go from even though you were a professional even though you had you know had great stage presence and and you know were used to that but to then transition to you know his high performance coaching now was it was it specifically for business or was it coaching in all genres 
was really for business, actually. I just had this distinct feeling that what we did as performing artists, what we were given the time to develop as performing artists, you know, that rehearsal of something over and over again. So you felt so completely comfortable with your content, you know, which was your, you know, your, your ballet or your opera or your presentation. And it just felt like such a, a luxury to have had the chance to, to understand how that felt, to you know, not have to think about what you were communicating, but really just how you were communicating it. And so I felt that that was the missing link in organisations. And, you know, I mean, I did things like I went back to school. So I, I mentioned earlier that I you know, left at the age of 16 to, to dance full time. I wasn't one of those performing artists who also did my schooling at the same time. I just went, I must be a very sort of single focused person. And I said, all in, um, I'm doing this, you know, ballet training, like almost, you know, tunnel vision. Um, but then, you know, at the time of developing high performance coaching, realizing that, you know, I want to work with people who have very, very different backgrounds. And I want to feel confident that, you know, it's not just my performing uh, arts background that will take me into the corporate world, but you know, I want to go back and pick up my schooling. So, so I went back to school as a mature age student and did a communications degree um, from the age of 29 to 32. In fact, I graduated just as I delivered my first child. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of like, you know, going into corporates, I wanted that additional sort of, you know, sort of schooling behind me. But I realised very quickly that that schooling was really just for my confidence and what I had deliver and what I had to connect with audiences was really the same as ever, you know, working with corporates to help them actually really experience that comfort and confidence of being on their stage, whatever that stage would be. A little bit like us today, you know, enjoying being able to deliver a message and communicate and listen from, you know, the receiver, um, you know, just helping corporates to be able to, to put some time into that. Sure. So always a corporate environment. I think sometimes the uh, the educational qualifications may be more for the uh, for the uh, comfort level of the client than it is for the actual preparation for whatever you're training. But I, I'm sure there were things that that it, it kind of you know filled out your portfolio, so to speak, or your repertoire a little bit. This whole idea that you know things you may have learned in this in this communications course that you could you know maybe refine what what you already knew, but. So let's say you and I are just stepping on a lift. We're going to go up 10 floors. And uh, I did that for, uh, the, for the global audience in the States. We, don't have, no, we have no idea what a lift is. We, we, think it's, we call it an elevator. So yeah. we're stepping on an elevator. We're going to go up 10 floors. Give me your elevator pitch on, on uh, your, your transitionhub.com. Yeah. So... We felt as the world of work is changing and people are being asked to do really very different things, there's a real lack of preparation for people to find their human skills at a time when we're very focused on tech um, and we're very focused on future ways of working. There's a piece missing in the middle and we feel that to provide people with a chance to really focus on their transitional skills and really that is their human skills, communication skills, being able to be present, you know, being able to listen better, you know, really understand their value, really think through their transferable skills. There'll be a lot more confidence for people going forward. And I think a lot more satisfaction in doing more human roles together with tech, um, you know, 
But in order to get people there, we really need to give people that chance to develop the confidence around sure. being human. Sure. So, you know, you and I know a lot about startup hubs and accelerators for scale. And, you know, there's a real focus that we've seen over the last 10 to 15 years on helping people with new ideas. Right. There's a lot of focus as well on innovation hubs. Corporates are really looking to bring that creativity out of people into ideas, connecting with clients, co-creating. But I think that for the vast majority of people that we really need to bring forward into the future of work, you know, it is about that middle ground. People that have done a role for a long time and they're now being asked to do something quite different. They're being asked to see themselves as suddenly having a growth mindset to be something new or to do something new with their skills. And what we found in creating transition hubs are by bringing people together, just like entrepreneurs or innovators, amazing things happen. And that sense of community, that sense of cohort, that sense of time to be able to try and perfect the way of engaging and communicating it just brings out incredible things in people. And I think that's, that's the piece that I would love to see, you know, come up in the future of work, that, that, that sense of I'm, I've been given this time to transition, to find the best of myself. And I think it goes, Kevin, absolutely back to my background of I've given myself or I've been given the chance to bring what I'm good at into a new form. And the satisfaction in that is amazing. And I think there's so much just beneath the surface for people that we need to explore. I mean, I think that I, I always think of that Venn diagram, you know, the, where the, yes. you know, it's kind of like what my skill set, what people will pay for and, and what, you know, where I see the a real need and where those three intersect is almost like, you know, what were you wired to do, you know? When you were originally created, what was I created to do? What is the passion that drives me that gets me out of bed in the morning type thing? So, I mean, I, I really had to guard myself there during your elevator pitch because you said so many things that I wanted to touch on individually. As you had, and I, I warned you about this off camera that I was going to chase these. But um, right. as that. I was looking back at, at kind of the model of Transition Hub and, you know, watching a couple of videos earlier today and, and you're kind of looking down through your team. I was a little confused on the model itself. So I'd like you to unpack that a little bit because it's almost like when you think about, you know, who would be the ideal client for this is the ideal client for somebody that's been made redundant is the ideal client for somebody that's, that uh, has almost like the, the market has gone beyond their skill set. They've quit a job thinking they had another one and ended up that falling through or whatever. But it seems like to me that those people would find it very difficult to pay for, you know, the, the services that you would provide. And you have quite an extensive team. Is this more government funded or is this more private, privately funded by the individual clients or what's the, what's the model? So, so the model is, and the, where this model came from was the work we've always done in organizations. That work has always been about investing in people to, you know, if we're asking people to be confident with their clients, we've got to help people be confident in themselves. So that was the, the sort of model of developing high-performance coaching and scaling that through organisations, um, culture change programs, leadership development programs, you know, great sort of you know, change management programs. So More so corporate funded. Yeah, so that, that, that approach that we'd been taking and, and licensing our work all over the world 
we just sort of felt, okay, that type of work, that transformational work, that personal development work, that needs to be made available to people when they're in the inside, on the inside of an organization. So maybe it is about people transitioning within, you know, they're taking on a different role, redeploying, we call that, um, or maybe stepping up to leadership, or maybe returning to the workforce. So, you know, that there's a, there's a, a sort of an opportunity for organizations to pay to develop their people. But there's also a lot of work that's being looked at at the moment in terms of, well, how do we transition people out of an organization and into a contracting model? And yet there's not a lot of support for those people. So, so we looked for where that support would be. And we came upon, of course, the old term that a lot of us have heard about, which is called outplacement. So outplacement in, I think, American and Australian terms, and, and probably in most countries of the world, there's often some support that organizations give people as they give them that, sorry, we can't keep you any longer, but here's some outplacement support that we've paid for that now someone is going to get in contact with you and work on your resume. Mm. So, you know, when I looked around the world at the costing of that, you know, over the last few years, the costings come down a little bit. In general, it's around $5,000. It's often paid for people to have that support. So if we think about that support came about, you know, 30, 40 years ago, where it was all about, let's get a resume, then it's become, let's get a LinkedIn profile. But, you know, really, that was sort of quite suitable when there were other jobs of the same nature there for people to actually transition to. Today, we're looking at a world where those jobs are not there, and they've got to transition to something completely different. So it's really not just about let's get a resume together and look historically at what you've done. It's really, let's get that headset, headspace together to be able right. to look forward at what you could do. So, so we're literally saying, let's, let's offer a very contemporary alternative to traditional outplacement. Organizations are paying a lot of money to outplace their people. And it's really now becoming very much associated with their brand. How do they transition people out safely and prepare them for what's to come. Well, it's certainly not happening without placement. Yeah. So, you know, we're saying yeah. for less than the average outplacement cost, we will provide your people with a very holistic experience of transition where they get to celebrate what they've done, reflect on what they can do going forward and actually really start to get excited about possibilities versus feeling like there's been an ending but there actually is no sign of a beginning. Oh, <laughs> so, absolutely, yeah. So yeah. that's, that's the, the, the one main channel partner is really outplacement services that haven't changed for 30 years. Right. And it's interesting how organisations are just starting to get comfortable with offering their people something holistic. It's taking a long time. And I just I mean, keep I'll, saying, yeah. we've been an alternative. Sure. And our I, transition yeah. hub is that alternative. So... Before I hand back to you, because I, I don't want to sort of make this into a monologue, but what's really interesting is that for people who are in transition, it's actually the whole sense of transition that unites people, whether they are within the organisation, taking on another role, but feeling quite safe, or they are actually feeling very unsafe and very much between roles, bringing those people together and as well, throwing in elite athletes who are in transition. So, for example, we are about to work with all of the retiring Olympians after, let's hope, Tokyo 2020. 
um, <laughs> because Australia and all around the world have realised that you know these athletes have an incredible skill set that we now need to help transition into organisations to to really supercharge high performance. So Transition Hub is a fantastic development ground for that as well. But no point just putting all athletes together. We need to bring athletes with business people, with people in transition, maybe coming out of the defence forces as well, people returning to work, people in entrepreneurial ventures. It's a mixing pot. Mm. And so Transition Hub is really that place where people get to engage with each other, learn from each other and sort of spark new networks going forward. So how do we pay for that? Governments, yes, we're starting to see them looking for en masse solutions for you know, re redundant people. Um, organisations, yes, they're looking for more creative health and wellbeing solutions and ways to prepare people to become the modern leader and certainly the outplacement services. So all of that, those three um, opportunities come with money right. and we, we will look to, to, to become the provider of something that's much more suitable for the future of work. And there, there may be individuals as well that, you know, find themselves in transition that, you know, that do have the financial means to, you know, to pay for services such as this. But I mean, you answered a question I was going to ask about kind of the makeup of the cohort. The, I mean, is it, as you were explaining the model, and I, was, I was looking online too, that I was, I was wondering, is it like, would the cohort be a group of people in a specific company that were transitioning out? Or is it just made up kind of a disparate collection of you know just different personalities and and kind of put together to meld like a melting pot the ideal is that it's not all the one company unless it of course is an inside the organization example right so you know if we're inside of apple or ibm then we are working with their their people but hopefully and we've encouraged this it's across departments so it's not all the same group you know, we've done that and we'll continue to do that with our in-house programs. But ideally, transition brings people together that are almost complete strangers. Mm, yeah. Because that's when people are Shared so misery, open almost. To yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> open to new ideas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, so, so the mixing pot is really where the creativity occurs. Um, but, you know, ideally it's 10 or you know, 20 organisations sending one or two people to the to the program together and they get to meet people that are from different organizations and different walks of life and have had different backgrounds sure. and that's what i love about the future of work is that we're finding that really it's a it's a license to play it's a new license to you know to go forward and to bring something that's going to contribute value to organizations and marketplaces of the future so i mean i love the just the idea of of um you know, there, there are a lot of people out there that are talking about, um, I hate to use this word, almost retrofitting your career to, you know, to meet the new tech standards and, and to, you know, how can you, in essence, keep up with the advances in technology so you can keep your job, that type of thing. But yours is a little different model. It's, it's, it's more the kind of the, I, I love the holistic nature. It's not like, we're just going to teach you how to use Microsoft Office, you know, 365 moving forward. This is really, how do you communicate well? How do you walk, um, not pridefully, but confidently into an interview and how, how, you know, interview skills that you may not have exercised in 20 years, you know, that type of thing. But I love that whole idea. And I don't think that there's enough people out there that are looking at it as comprehensively as you are. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And it, um, it is absolutely that. It is, it is really bringing you know, the best expert coaches together in a, an ensemble. So, you know, what I haven't really talked about is that, you know, where do we find the coaches and what are, what are the expertise um, from, what is that expertise from the coaching? It's your coaches? show. Take off. Yeah, so I love <laughs> that. Um, but before I talk about that, I'd just love to say that, you know, the technical things are so important. We need to make people, you know, really, you know, help them become up to date Absolutely. on technique in, in many ways but what we've found is that if you go you've just been made redundant or you know we need you to take on a different job learn these new techniques here's the tech in this day and age people find that really confronting if they haven't had some sort of a mindset shift to see themselves differently and capable a little bit like me leaping from one very unusual background to another you know, I, I sort of was lucky to get there and I, you know, I took a few others with me. But I think, you know, to ask the majority of people who are going to find themselves, you know, having to transition into new ways of working, let's get that mindset shift and that sense of who I am as a person right, you know, with the confidence to then look at what do I need to learn? Okay, great. I've got the ability to learn or I've got the creativity to adapt. You know, we need to prepare people for that. So, yeah. so we're not the only piece that's important, but we are the starting piece. And from there, amazing tangents that people can go on to and succeed rather than feel like, yeah, no, this is not for me. I, I was a truck driver, but I'm not going to sit in the classroom and learn code. You know, and oh, so for sure. you're going to catch those people. For sure. For and now sure. on to the coaching, um, the coaches. Yeah, so, unpack your team. Yeah, so it's, um, I love this part of Transition Hub because, again, over the last 20 years, um, we've met a lot of people around the world and a lot of those people have been gracious enough to say, you know, wow, we would love to do the work you guys do because it's personal and it, um, it impacts people's lives, um, not because of just who we are, but the bringing together of people. And, uh, and so now we're able to go out to the world and say, you know, Transition Hub needs to be in every major city. In fact, it needs to be in a, a country town, in the local town hall. You know, Transition Hubs should be springing up everywhere. And, um, you know, if you have expertise as a coach or a facilitator or someone that would like to pass that expertise on, a teacher, a nurse, whatever that might be, then we would love you to be part of the Transition Hub ecosystem. So, so we've found that by bringing coaches together, we have one coach in personal brand, one coach who is a communications coach, another performance coach, a health and well-being coach, and a career coach on every program. So rather than those coaches or facilitators working just on their area of expertise with the world, um, they're able to find this wonderful ensemble who they are working alongside other experts and we've woven the expertise into a beautiful paced five-day program where people in the cohort get to really gain from those experts. But that expert is not doing one day solo and then handing to the next person to do the next day solo. Right. Five experts are working full-time together. If they're not facilitating or coaching, they're in the groups and helping each you know, group, smaller group perhaps, do an activity or they're going offline and doing one-to-one -one coaching with some of the previous cohorts that have come back. 
So it's a really mixed sort of uh, experience as a coach, but as part of an ensemble, which sort of does speak back to our background of performing arts, where you're always working as part of a corps de ballet or an ensemble team of actors um, or a group of experts that you know come together. So that's that's what is enabling us to scale Transition Hub globally. And uh, what we found is there are incredible people all over the world that want to be part of that coaching faculty. I um. I mean, I love the way that nothing, you know, in your previous economy is wasted. I mean, everything that has led you to this point is kind of, you know, woven or weaving itself together. It's been woven together kind of in this beautiful mosaic of, of skills and passions and, and experience and hard knocks and falling down on a hardwood floor, you know, Absolutely. time after time after time after time until you really get that, you know, that, that move that you wanted to get it, get down exactly. But um, I love the way that you just kind of unpack that, but I, I really want to transition right now to, to a, a really kind of a granular part of our, of our chat. And this is the area we call the, the rising tide startup school. And this is where you put your professor hat on and you just for a couple of minutes, just really drill down on somebody that's listening that, you know, is trying to jump over that cubicle wall to escape and, and start something. It doesn't matter what it is, but kind of give me a, just maybe two or three steps that, you know, out of your experience, out of the things that have worked and haven't worked that, that would, you would say, these are essentials that you really need to keep in mind as you're kind of starting out in that, you know, kind of the initial phase to really put yourself in a, in a good position to succeed. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm, I am asked this question a lot. I've been asked this question over the last 20 years as a coach, and it's become, I think, more relevant today than ever. Um, the main reason being that, you know, as we all know, we've got a lot of noise going on out there at the For moment. Sure. So, you know, as the world sort of starts to evolve and people all become, you know, almost the individual expert, I think that's pretty important for people to really drill down into, well, what is my expertise? I think that's probably the first step that I would highly recommend that everybody says, okay, if there's value that I can bring through to tomorrow's economy, what is that value? Not just because I've proven that and been paid for that in the past, but there might be something that they have had as a side interest or they've had as a hobby. Um, they know that people come to them and ask advice for, from them on that topic. They've been giving out that advice freely for a long time. It's really time now to drill down to what does the world need and what can I offer? And certainly not to become a, a, you know, a, a jack of all trades. So I think we're really now needing to come to that, okay, the world can engage and embrace expertise. Let's really be clear on what our expertise is and how that can best be offered. So, you know, um, the, you know, there's a couple of things around that. And, you know, if people are presently doing a day job and they are quite keen to transition into something else, they, I always say, just like all of us, I'm sure the same for you as well, Kevin, you know, it's get something started you know, whether we call it the side hustle or whether we just call it a, a hobby, get something started whilst being safe and employed. You know, if there's a luxury of being safe and employed right now, well, then that's great. There's after hours, there's weekends, there's, you know, thinking time whilst exercising, walking, you know, chatting with people, 
to really drill down into if I wasn't doing this and when I, when I do move away from this, what am I really good at? So transferable skills are really key, um, but just really understanding one's true value. And I think that has to be connected to passion and interest. And that's where, you know, we talk about this idea of more satisfying work in the future. If we can get people to really tap into what's most satisfying for them and what's really something that they're, you know, they're good at and they're interested in, then that's really going to land with other people. Because, you know, there's no way I could sit here talking passionately about Transition and Transition Hub if I just wasn't so truly invested in the idea of helping people get from where they are today to where they want to be. So I think, you know, everybody's got something there deep inside. Um, you know, looking at different, then different mediums, well, how do I deliver that value? And we're so lucky today, we have so many ways. You know, you and I are on a, a call, a video, you know, across the world. Um, I've just come from a call with Singularity University, actually, where we're training new faculty in Australia and talking about Australian founders. My goodness, an incredible group of people. But, you know, we were going to be doing this face to face until yesterday. And all of a sudden, now we're doing it all virtually. So, you know, 25 people dialing in from around Australia rather than having the luxury of sitting face to face because of the quarantine that we're all experiencing. So, you know, I think just summarising that, it's true value, true passion, starting something now rather than waiting until I make a big break and have all the time in the world to think about it. Um, so really, you know, using those, those extra hours as a disciplined time to come up with an idea. And then really road testing that with friends and family, being able to clearly describe what that is. Uh, and then, of course, adding all of those elements of, you know, how do I get my message out? What are the best mediums? Uh, and how do I cut through the noise? And I think everybody's dealing with that right now. I mean, what a, what a summary. I mean, in, in a very short period of time, in three or four minutes, I mean, you, you virtually kind of walk through the whole um, and it, it, I love the idea. It's another Venn diagram, you know, kind of this intersection of, you know, what the world pays for, what you can do, what you're passionate about, those types of, you know, what are you good at type things. So, um, but I, I love the way you talked about, you know, utilizing the opportunities that you have about, you know, don't leave your day job, you know, prematurely, you know, and not that you're taking advantage of, of the situation that you're in. I mean, you know, actually keep your, your heart and soul in it and, and be a good employee, you know, while you're there type thing as you're, as you're facing that transition and, and uh, just, and really considering, you know, what's the best delivery medium, you know, after you've kind of worked out the, you know, what's my skill set, the passions and what would somebody pay for, you know, so to speak, to drill it down in, in real granular terms. But um, man, I, I love, I really love the way that you did that. And I, you've, you've sparked so many questions in me. I mean, I, I told you this was going to be a relatively short interview and I could talk to you all day because you just keep, you keep saying something that, that makes me think of something else, but I, I do want to, to honor your time. And, and uh, is there anything that we really haven't touched on that you want to just kind of close with and then, you know, remind people where the best place to, to find out about Transition Hub and if they, if they wanted to get in contact with you or your team or whatever. Yeah, thank you. I, I, one thing I would love to mention, and, and that's just a real shout out to um, an organisation that has had pretty bad press over the last six months um, that we've been really lucky enough to partner with and we'll continue to partner with going forward. And that's WeWork. 
Um, it's an interesting one. I mean, you know, the, the essence of that organisation and all those people in, involved in WeWork um, has, had, has had a real, you know, come to terms moment over the last six months. But in essence, you know, what WeWork is all about, which is what I think we are all about, and that is bringing community together. So, so one thing I wanted to mention that the way that Transition Hub has really come to life is through WeWork locations. And I love that idea of, you know, at someone's greatest moment of need, not only are they finding themselves, you know, really searching for that psychological safety and trying to find people who will really help them with a safety net to get through to what is going to be hopefully really satisfying work. You know, I, I don't think that people are going to be made redundant one day and then knock on the door of a co-working space the next day when we can all be out in public again, at least, um, and, and say, you know, I think I'll just buy myself a membership and put myself here at a desk and hope that, you know, I can engage with people. I think we've got a real problem with people that are isolated and feeling very much like, I can't really get off my couch. I don't know who to talk to. I don't mm, know where to wow. go. I don't know yeah. the phone. You know, and I think co-working spaces, and I'll shout out to WeWork because they're the one that we've partnered with, you know, I think they have such a role to play for people in transition. But when I went to WeWork in 2017 uh, in New York and I spoke to their then chief of staff, who was an ex-client at City, actually, he'd gone from City into becoming the chief of staff for WeWork, I said to Joel Steinhaus, I said, Joel, you know, I've got a really different idea that I think is going to bring people to a co-working space like WeWork, um, but we're going to need to have to curate their journey. So Transition Hub literally is that welcoming mat, you know, come on in to a place where you might not have felt that you'd have a sense of belonging. We're going to give you a whole week of getting used to learning and co-creating and feeling like you belong. And then we're actually going to give you a two-month membership at WeWork to stay after that week so that you can do your ongoing coaching sessions and masterclasses and, you know, participate in the community. So I think I just wanted to highlight that's just one other point that whether it's WeWork or whether it's WorkHub or whether it's Whatso or whether it's any of the co-working spaces, I think this is a really crucial moment in time where it's not just people who are safe that go in and work uh, in a collaborative workspace, but it's people who are feeling very unsafe mm. and we need to provide that safety net. Um, but people need a place to belong and they need a place to go. So getting people out of their houses, off their couches, coming together, you know, being sociable. You know, we will get through this health epidemic, but we need to get through it with a sense of mental health as well. So I just wanted to maybe add that. Um, and then finally, to, to just encourage people to get in touch with us. So, you know, it's literally www.transitionhub.com. Um, we are based in Australia, but our coaching team goes all over the world to work with coaches who want to be part of the ecosystem. And we literally, we give you the chance to be a participant for a week and then we train coaches to, to understand and learn the playbook and bring their expertise through that framework to then teach others and, and take others through transition. So, so that's our, um, our mission that we're on and uh, so glad that you are happy to share that. And thanks so much, Kevin. Well, Luis, I, I am so glad that I asked that last question. This, do you have anything else to add to kind of wrap this, wrap a beautiful bow around this package? But I mean, what a, 
I, I mean, I've worked in co-working spaces. I love the concept. I, I even try to utilize one on every Friday. And, but just the idea that, you know, we assume that it's, it's kind of the healthy people that are going to co-working spaces, but it's actually, you know, it's like, you know, sick, sick people need a doctor. Well, people don't need a doctor. So how do you, how do you kind of bring those two things together that people, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't want to chase that analogy too far. I'm not saying that you're sitting on your couch or sick, but it is an emotional, emotional state that they find themselves in and, you know, that you're trying to draw them out, so to speak. So I, I really want to applaud your efforts in, in that respect. And, and I think it will, it will really pay dividends down the road for sure. And I, I mean, it's, it's kind of the whole idea behind our podcast. And like I wrap up every show, you exhibited it in spades today. So Louise, thank you for just sharing your story and for helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thanks so much, Devin. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.